0: You're listening to The Power Place Audio Podcast. For more resources or to watch the service online, visit us at www.thepowerplace.org.
1: So good to be in God's house today. Anybody love Jesus? Yeah. He's an awesome God. I I just wanna say thank you to a man in our church who does a lot of things behind the scenes. And you never see or hear about him much, but Mike Devano is such a blessing to this house. Mike, would you stand? What a gift he is uh, this week. Uh, he put in some locks for our doors and built some shelves in the, in the closet. You'll never see that, but it's, it's such a blessing to this house. Uh, he goes by the name of pop pop. Uh, that's what all the construction guys call him. And, um, We just honor you and and thank you, Mike. And he is for hire. If you've got jobs you need done around your house, this guy can handle it, I'm telling you. He's retired, but he's still kicking, and he's kicking strong. So uh, thank you, Mike, for all you do for this house. What a gift you are. Amen. We have the privilege today... Uh, to hear from one of our missionaries. I told you a few weeks ago that we had missionaries all over the world and, and uh, Brett and Rebecca Zeiler are in Cambodia. I don't know how they do what they do except by the grace of God. God has called them. God has placed his hand upon them. And we're so grateful to be a part, a small part of what you do as we fund and pray. And I want you to to give a powerplace welcome to Brett Zyler this morning as he comes to share his heart. (laughs)
2: So I, uh, I think I figured out why you guys call this uh, church the power place. Just, just saying, we go to a lot of churches. Figured you guys out pretty quick. So thank you for having us, Pastor. Really, uh, really appreciate uh, being here, being able to share with you guys. And uh, thank you for uh, being a part of what we've been doing and what God is going to do. And uh, we're really thankful that uh, we're able to partner with you, be your missionaries to Cambodia, because not everybody can go, and uh, not everybody wants to go. So we're we're thankful. Um, For those of you who don't know us, probably most of you, because this is the first time that uh, we've been here, I think you can bring up a picture of my family, because they're better looking than I am. If we could see them, I'll introduce them quickly. Hopefully we can get them up. And if not, we will do this Cambodia style and I'll just keep talking because we can do that too. We work in, in Cambodia, how it goes is, um, you know, I've been in services, you know, the Cambodian preachers going, the power just goes out. He doesn't phase nothing, no, no blinking, nothing. He just keeps preaching. There's no power. Power comes back on, you know, he keeps preaching so we can do that. Hey, that's not my family. They're like family. Well, one of them's my family. That's, that's Gabriel. Can we go to the picture of my family? That's that's not my family either. <laughs> um, you know these. Yeah, we're we're getting closer. Well, actually, we're not. We're going the other way. Oh, we we got it. What? You're kidding, right? Really? Well, that's de- that's kind of depressing. All right, tell you what, we're gonna do this Cambodia style. Then I thought we were all set. We were like, okay, man, we're good. All right, why don't you just go back to that temple picture then? I'll just tell you about my family. And you'll just have to believe me when I say they're better looking than I am. And I got a prayer card with their picture. So you can take one of those on your way out. You can see them. Uh, we got four kiddos, me and my wife, Rebecca. We have Nadia, Josiah, Gabriel. And the newest missionary to Cambodia is Silas. So he is with us here today also, uh, we were in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Anybody know where Lancaster is? Not terribly far from where you guys are here, too. We actually used to drive into Kenneth Square once in a while so that we were familiar with this area. Uh, but I was a children's pastor in Lancaster for eight years at a church called New Life Church there, right off of Route 30. Really loved being a kid's pastor, and I really share pretty openly, I had no plans on ever being a missionary Okay, like God has different ways of speaking to different people and calling people to do what he's asking them to do. But, you know, as far as our family goes, my wife was called to missions when she was a child. So I believe God speaks to kids. God can speak to kids. God put that on her heart. She became a registered nurse because she wanted a tool to use on the mission field. So that was something that was like, hey, I support you in that, babe. That's great. That's fine. Um, But do you guys do BGMC here? Okay, you don't. That's fine. BGMC is a is Boys and Girls Missionary Ah, we're there. Now you can look at us, okay? I already introduced them, though, but you can, you can look at my kids because they're funny. Um, BGMC is Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge. It's this program that we use just at our church to teach children about missions. So I'm like, okay, God, we have this awesome plan with our family. I love missions. I love missionaries. Okay, God, I am going to preach and teach missions to children, And I'm gonna send Rebecca on missions trips. (laughs) I would be lying if I said Jesus and I still don't talk about that plan once in a while. He hasn't changed his mind. See, what happened? One Sunday morning, I was leading worship with our children in kids' church. We had a Cambodian family who was a part of our church, and I had their kids in my ministry. So we're leading worship. I look at this little girl from Cambodia, and as soon as I look at her during worship, all the kids worshiping in front of me weren't my kids anymore, but a room full of Cambodian children. I didn't know what to do with that, except to go home and pray and not talk to Rebecca. And that's what I did for as long as possible. It took me six weeks to get enough courage to talk to Rebecca about what was going on. And, you know, of course I did. I shared with her what happened. And her response is, you know that's a call to the mission field, right? I'm like, babe, we're gonna pray about this, okay? Not that I hadn't been like praying every second of my life for six weeks. We prayed, we fasted. God really confirmed to us, yeah, this is a missionary call. So we went. That's what we did. We left new life. We left the kid's pastor position And we went overseas to Cambodia. And since you got this, we can probably zoom forward to the next slide, which will show you where it is. Because if you're like me in your mid 30s, you are terrible at geography because I figured it out. If you went to public school, I don't know why they stopped teaching geography. I literally don't know where anything is. So here we go. Southeast Asia, next to Laos and Thailand and Vietnam, that star in the middle, Phnom Penh. That's where we were hanging out for two years. Cambodia is known for two things, okay? The first thing is this next slide, which you already saw, which is Angkor Wat. This is this ancient temple. It's kind of the one and only tourist site that's there in Cambodia. People come in, check this out. It's a Buddhist temple right now. There's some monks down there. People check this place out, you know, see it, and then they usually go back to Thailand where they're vacationing, but that's their one thing. The second thing that people people often know or remember those who are a little bit older than me would remember that in the late 70s 75 to 79 okay, Cambodia was ruled by a communist regime called the Khmer Rouge Pol Pot was the leader of that group and during 4 years they killed a third of their own people I mean think about that that's insane Okay, And it wasn't just a third. When you think about what they actually did, Pol Pot had a very specific agenda. His agenda was to get power and stay in power and then to eliminate all threat to his power. And the way he did that was by saying, we are going to kill every educated person we can find because educated people are more likely to cause a, a, you know, an attack on my leadership. So every teacher, every doctor, every nurse, anybody who wore a pair of these, because if you wear these, you can probably do what? Read. Your death sentence is, she wore glasses. Literally, this was a death sentence in Cambodia in the late 70s, and they were very effective. That country was set back decades, okay? They are still a recovering country, from a four-year communist regime 40 years ago. Okay, they're working hard. The Cambodian people are some of the most resilient people you have ever met, but they are working very hard to come back from something that was absolutely devastating to their countries. Let's go to the next slide. I'll tell you a little bit of what we're dealing with. Buddhist, 3.5% Muslim, 1.5% Christian. So we are primarily looking at at ministering in the Buddhist world. I don't want to talk too much about Buddhism to you to say, you know, hey, I've taken college courses. We've lived in the Buddhist world. We've been around Buddhist people. We can boil Buddhism down to one word. The word is fear. Everything you do as a Buddhist is because of fear. Fear. Okay, the next slide will show you exactly what I'm talking about. This is an offering. laid. That is the biggest offering slide I've ever gotten. That is like massive. I feel like we're in the movie theater here. Usually I'm like, you probably can't see it too good. I'm like, no, you can see. That's like the full-size pig in the center that is actually life-size. Okay, this is a fully roasted pig. There's all these fruits and vegetables and beer and soda and all these things laid out on the sidewalk. Now, this is a very rich man, okay? Most people in Cambodia are very poor. But this is an offering laid out for the spirits, That's not for people, okay? This is for the spirits. What this is, this is a wide open invitation calling any spirits in the area or in the region to come into my home, come into my life, come into my family, come into my business. I want you to be a part of my life. I want you to protect me against evil spirits that would want to harm me or hurt me. And by the way, if they don't do this, those good spirits will become evil spirits that will wanna hurt them too. Okay, most Cambodian people have a something that you would look at and say, oh, that's a nice birdhouse. It's not a birdhouse. It's a spirit house. And they switch out every couple of days, whatever is in there, a can of a can of beer, a bowl of rice, a piece of fruit. Again, this wide open invitation to the spirits to come and be a part of their life and protect them. Let me tell you, there's only two spirits in this world. Two Okay, there's the spirit of the one true God and there's the spirit of the enemy. I want you to imagine what your life, what your mind, what your heart would feel like if every single day you literally gave an open invitation to the demonic. Go to the next slide. This is a picture of idols, an idol seller here. This is inside of a Buddhist temple. You're not supposed to take pictures. I did, okay? Again, this searching. What are we, we need powerful spirits on our side to help us. Let me tell you, we got some good news for Cambodian people who are looking for powerful spirits to be on their side. Okay, we sang about it today, right? About darkness is going to tremble, all those things, right? When you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you don't have to be afraid of any other spirit that is out there. That is incredibly good news to the Cambodian people. We are excited to be able to share that with them, that we can say, look, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to do these things. You can have the spirit of the one true God. And let me tell you, um, everything that we do in Christianity isn't based out of fear, it's based out of love, okay? Everything is based out of love. In Romans 12, nine, it says this, don't just pretend to love others, Really love them. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Okay? And time and time again, we find in Cambodia, um, Cambodian people who are drawn to Jesus are drawn because Christian people reach out in love. Because there is no love in Buddhism. It's a missing element. In fact, the real Buddha, Gautama Buddha, was a real man who lived before Jesus. He walked away from his wife and child, abandoned them, and that is taught as a virtue. Look what he did. He was able to detach. He was able to walk away and abandon love. That's hard to do, but that is powerful. That is a good thing. We were made to love. Okay, so when you start reaching out, I'm not talking about Cambodia anymore. When you start reaching out in real love and don't just pretend to love others. Okay, what that means is doing something. Okay. When you pretend to love others, I hey from what it's worth, what I think, is it's just saying, Yeah, I love you. Okay, that has to be backed up. Real love does things, real love crosses the street. Okay, real love reaches out to the boss who you wanna slap in the face. Real love keeps you working a job you wanna quit. Real love makes you talk to people you don't like. Real love keeps you going and going and going back again, even though it's hard, even though it's difficult, even though you'd rather not do that. Real love keeps you doing what Jesus would do in that situation, okay? And that's what Jesus asks us to do. Let me show you this picture that you already saw. P. Dow, one of our favorite Cambodian people, and there's Gabriel. That's my son. Okay, P. Dow is a good example of what it was like. Okay, P. Dow told my wife before she came to Christ, no one had ever told her that they loved her. But she got around a group of Christian women, a couple of Christian missionaries, and my wife included, and she realized pretty quick there is something different about about this group of women, there's something, they they started hugging on her, this is funny too, my wife has a hugging ministry in Cambodia, okay, they're not very touchy-feely, but it's kind of funny, my wife is almost six feet tall, right, so she goes and she hugs on these, these Cambodian women, and at first they're kind of awkward, but then they always, they always lean in, always, right, because they're like, oh, this is nice, right, because we were made to love other people. And when you do that, P. Dow, this, this young lady, she came to, uh, to a different Christian uh, missionary and she literally was just like, I'm ready. I wanna be a Christian, right? She's in Bible school right now, okay? Because the love of Jesus was made real to her. And when you start doing that as well, God will make himself real to those around you too. Okay, we're not, we're not doing anything different. Cambodia is a different culture, different side of the world, some crazy stuff. We got a table out there. You can take a look at that. There's some crazy things out there. But really, people, every single one of us, no matter what skin color, no matter what culture, no matter what height, no matter what weight, no matter what you're dressed as, you are made in the image of God. And that image, every single person is capable of knowing and loving Jesus. You have to believe that the hardest person in your life, the hardest hearted person that you can think of. That person is capable of knowing and loving Jesus because that's the image of God in every single one of us. And you have to approach people with that with that belief going, God, I, God I, I know you can work through me. I know you can do that if you can break into this person's life. And he does that when you don't just pretend to love others. OK, so for us, what we've done, I'll do this real quick. Again, we lived in, a, in Phnom Penh for two years. We were overseas. Learning the longest alphabet in the world, true fact, the Cambodian teachers that we were in language school with, I asked them how many letters they have in their alphabet. I got a different answer from every teacher. Okay, these are bachelor degree educated. They don't even know how many letters they have, okay? Longest alphabet in the world, right? I learned really quickly we were not natural language learners, okay? But... Hey, we had to fight through that, learning, learning a different language, learning a different culture, building relationships with the Cambodian church leadership there, Rebecca doing medical trips upriver to provincial villages, taking doctors and nurses and things up there. We believe God's asking us to go back. You know, we believe that God's asking us to go to a place where there's no church, where there's no place that has ever been a church. Okay, there are still 10 provinces in Cambodia with no church in their capital town of that province. Okay, where there's never been. Okay, we're not talking about unreached people. We're talking about never reached people. Okay, places where the gospel has not gone yet. Okay, Southeast Asia is one of the top never reached places on the planet. Okay, there's a lot of places where the gospel has gone and maybe there's waves of like, maybe there was a, you know, there was a revival here years ago, but now they're kind of lagging or, or there was this that happened and now they're not so much. there's places where the gospel has still never been. Still never gone. So we believe when we go back, we're gonna head out to one of those provinces. We're gonna plant ourselves in the middle of it and just ask for God to show up. Ask God to raise up a church in a place where there's never been a church. With God's help, we think that he can do it. Let's go to the last slide because I'm gonna stop talking, okay? I talk too much. If we were in kids' church, I would just tell the kids, hey, say, Pastor Brett, you talk too much. And they'd go, Pastor Brett, you talk too much. The adults never do it. So I just do it to myself. Here's our last slide. Partner with us to give. Um, We're like 99% of our budget. So we are like, praise God. We are planning on going back to Cambodia in March. That is the plan right now. So that's, we're really excited about that. And you guys have been a supporting church pretty much since the beginning. So we're really thankful to you guys. If you feel led to give, I would just ask that you talk to Pastor Greg about uh, how he'd like that done here. Uh, Please take a prayer card on your way out. I got lots of them on my table outside. Okay, I already shared with you what we're doing. Okay, we're going to a never-reached province. Let me put that in perspective, okay? The strongholds of Buddhism, I mean, those things are like towers, Pastor Greg. Like the Buddhist people are some of, statistically, okay, some of the hardest people to lead to Christ on the face of the earth, okay? Because the strongholds have been built for millennia and they're never reached. There hasn't been people plowing the field, there's still trees and boulders that need to get removed. There, there's so much work to get done. We need people praying, okay? Because those, those towers of darkness that have been built over millennia only get pulled down through prayer, okay? So when I say, please take a prayer card and pray for us, I, I am so serious about that, okay? Take one of these things, stick it on your bathroom mirror. That way you'll see my family every morning when you brush your teeth and you'll pray for my family, okay? And if you don't brush your teeth, just stick it on your fridge, okay? I won't ask you how many times you'll pray for me a day, but I know you'll see me, okay? Just stick it someplace where you'll see us and you'll pray for us. Um, Really take that seriously, okay? and sign up for our missionary newsletter. Every two months or so, Rebecca sends out a newsletter just telling you where we are, what we're doing, and especially how you can pray for us. You can sign up for that at that website that's on our prayer card too if you don't uh, wanna do that at the table, or you can just write it out uh, there at the table as well. But we really love you guys. We love this church. We're really thankful for you guys. And uh, we'd love to talk to you at the table afterwards. If you guys have any questions, anything going on, but uh, my challenge to you today is find somebody to really love. But I'm gonna tell you, doing that gets you messy. You have to be willing to get messy. Okay, Jesus was not a clean-handed man, okay? His hands were dirty, they were calloused, they were rough. Be willing to be Jesus, okay? He works through his people, that's how he does things. He, he works through ordinary people like you and me. And let me tell you, if you knew me, if you knew my family, you, you're not gonna put me up here on a pedestal as I'm screaming at my kids, just like you're screaming at your kids, okay? Like, I'm for real. God just uses normal people. We're just normal people whose God has asked to go to the other side of the planet. And I still don't really know why, to be perfectly honest. Just do what God's asked you to do. He's asked you to do something, just do it. And really love people.
1: Thank you, Brett. Um, We're proud to be a part of what you do. Um, Every dime that you give to this church. You give through this church. You don't give to the power place. You give through the power place, and it goes to ministries like this. Um, we're gonna we're gonna give today, and many of you will want to give to the Zyler Ministry as they head back to Cambodia. And to do that, would you mark your giving missions? If you're watching online, you can mark. Missions, give online. You can give in the boxes here today, cash or check. Um, We're going to give them a a blessing. I, I pray that we bless their socks off today. Okay? You can do that. You're good at it. You're a generous church. and Let's do that today. If I could encourage you to sign up for the email newsletter, When, when Brett wrote to me and said, do you have an opening in, on any of these days? In my mind, I said, I don't care if you come, but I want your wife to come because she writes the newsletters and she is amazing. Uh, Rebecca opens not just a peephole, but she opens a sliding glass door into their lives. And it's mind-boggling. And and you will get an appreciation for missions like you've never gotten in your life. My brother was a missionary for, what, 40, 50 years? And, and I knew a lot of stuff that he went through, but never to the degree of what Rebecca has shared in her newsletters. So I just thank you for marrying Rebecca. We love you, but your wife is a blessing and a gift uh, to give us, I mean, it's gut-wrenching. And when I, get, when I get her newsletter, what? Hey, there's a first for everything, right? I, I told her last night, I said, when I get your newsletter, I have to make a choice to read it. Because I know it's going to take me some time because it's long, but it's also, I know that I'm going to have to deal with some emotions as I read through her life and his life and their children's life and how God is working in and through them. And um, so thank you for being here today and God bless you as you give. Amen. So stop by their table today, pick up a card, and uh, sign up for the newsletter, and give today in this service, okay? I'm, I'm thrilled today to uh, welcome Pastor Landon Burkert to the stage. He's coming to share the word of God with us.
0: Amen. Man, what a day it's already been. God is moving. He's here in this place. And uh, I've, got a, I've got a special heart for missions and, and missionaries. I feel like every time they come, I want to go, <laughs> honestly. And I talked to Allie. I'm like, you better be glad that God has called us and cemented us here because if He hadn't, I'd be gone in a heartbeat. But I love my church. I love what God is doing here. Hey, I promise I'm going to move through this quickly today, but um, I've got something burning in my spirit that I want to share with you. Before we do that, I just got a couple of things I got to talk through with you. If you are new here this morning, welcome to the power place. Can we give it up for our guests today? So glad to have you. If you would just take a second, grab one of these green new here cards it should be right in the seat back right in front of you. Fill that out. And then hold on to it. Go to the connection bar right after service. We've got a gift that we want to give you. We just want to connect with you for a minute. And then uh, this Friday, we have First Friday. If you have not been to a First Friday service, I'm telling you, you want to get here. It's like worship that we just had, but on steroids because we go forever. So <laughs> if you just want to spend a Friday night and worship God, come and join us this coming Friday at 7 p.m. And then next level class, you probably don't know what that is, but um, it's kind of our, our next steps for you. If you want to get plugged into the life of the church at the Power Place, make sure you sign up at the connection bar after service. Uh, it's going to tell you about the history of the church, about opportunities that we have for you to serve. And it's going to show you some things about yourself, too. The gifts that you have inside you, we're going to help clarify those and pinpoint what that is for you, uh, not only you know, in your skills, but also spiritually. That's going to help you find the the best place for you to serve at the church. Amen? Uh, If you have your Bibles this morning, let's turn in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 1 to 9. I'm just going to read through this real quickly. It says, When the Lord your God brings you into the land you're about to enter and occupy, he will clear away many nations ahead of you, the Hittites, Girgashites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, These seven nations are greater and more numerous than you. So right there, God is revealing, whatever looks like it's too big for you, I can handle. Nothing is too big for me. So these seven nations that are greater than you, when the Lord your God hands these nations nations over to you it's not if or can I or maybe we will it's when the Lord your God hands these nations over to you and you conquer them you must completely destroy them make no treaties with them show them no mercy you must not intermarry with them do not let your daughters and sons marry their sons and daughters for they will lead your children away from me to worship other gods then the anger of the Lord will burn against you and he will quickly destroy you so don't do it this is what you must do You must break down their pagan altars and shatter their sacred pillars, cut down their share poles and burn their idols. For you are a holy people who belong to the Lord your God. Of all the people on the earth, the Lord your God has chosen you to be his own special treasure. The Lord did not set his heart on you and choose you because you were more numerous than the other nations. In fact, you were smaller. You were the smallest of all nations. Rather, it was simply that the Lord loves you. He was keeping the oath he had sworn to your ancestors, and that is why the Lord rescued you with such a strong hand from slavery and from oppression, the oppressive hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Understand, therefore, the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who will keep his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him. And obey his commands. So, just so you understand this, this is Moses. This is Moses speaking to this next generation, this next generation that's about to take the promised land, that's about to step into the promised land that the Lord had promised generations before. So, what Moses is doing is he's reminding this new generation, he's showing them the faithfulness of God before. And if he was capable of doing it before, he's capable of doing it now. He's capable of keeping his word. In fact, he can't do anything but keep his word because he is faithful. And here's the basis of what I want to focus on today. We have a forever faithful father. A forever faithful father. We serve an unchanging God who will never alter or renege on his promises. He can't go back. If he says something, you better believe he's gonna be faithful to follow through. He's faithful and just to do that. In other words, he won't stop being who he is. He can't stop being who he is. Our father, who is a faithful father, won't stop being faithful. And a lot of us in here, we, we come in here with trust issues based on our past experiences, based on our families. We have a hard time trusting. Because we've seen people fail us over and over again. But let me tell you, my God is not just your mother or or your earthly father. He's not your cousin. He's not your aunt. He's not your uncle. He's the heavenly father who is faithful to do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever ask or imagine. He's a faithful God, and he will keep his promises. He won't stop. In Second Timothy 2, 11 to 13, it says, you can trust these words. If we were joined with him in his death, then we are joined with him in his life. If we are joined with him in his sufferings, then we will reign together with him in his triumph. But if we disregard him, he will also disregard us. But even if we are faithless, here it is, even if we're faithless, he will still be full of faith, for he never wavers in his faithfulness to us. We have a faithful father. And here's the thing about our faith is we have to build our faith in his faithfulness. Well, how do we do that? Romans 10, 17 says this. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay, so so I have to dig into his word. I have to tune my ear into his voice. I have to come and listen to the word of God being preached in a congregation, assembling together, so that we can hear the word of God come forth. Let it plant deep into our spirits. Look at the faithfulness of God, see what he's done in other people's lives, and then experience the faithfulness that he has in our own. And guess what? Your faith is going to begin to grow when you begin to see the things that God has done before. When he does what he says he would do, our faith rises. When we, when we begin to experience, that's why there's so much power in testimony. When you see, when you share what God has done in your life, I guarantee you another person listening is going to be filled with faith because they're saying, Hey, if he did it for you, he can do it for me. If he did it for you, he can do it for me. He's faithful. Amen. And you can see his faithfulness all throughout the Bible. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. In fact, if I were to list them all, I'd probably spend the rest of our time that we have together. But uh, there's a few of them that stick out to me. He was faithful to Noah and his family to save them from the flood when they were obedient in building the ark. He was faithful in not letting a hair get singed on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's heads because they refused to bow down to the idol. He was faithful in not letting Daniel be eaten by the lions in the den because he refused to stop praying. He was faithful to pick Peter up to walk on water again when he began to sink down. He was faithful to deliver the Israelites out of Egypt because of Moses' obedience. He was faithful to bring rain in Samaria in the midst of a famine and a drought because of Elijah's obedience to him. He is a faithful father, and he won't stop. In fact, I want to share a story of faithfulness of my father. Uh, Just recently, I had this experience, and uh, it may seem trivial to some, but I promise you, it was big to me. Because when God cares about the small things in your life, to me, that speaks volumes about who our Father is, Our, our big, great God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who formed you from dust, when he cares about your personal little situations That shows how big the love of our father is. And so um, what I did is is I'd been saving up some money. And for Christmas, I got some extra cash and I'd saved up just enough to get this camera that I'd been wanting. And it's a pretty expensive camera, incredible camera. I did tons of research. Most of you who know me know that I love to research. I love YouTube University, as we call it. And, And so I'm researching this camera. I'm talking to my buddies. I'm talking to Kay here on the front row. Uh, he's also a cameraman, and so I'm talking to him. I'm talking to Ryan. I'm talking to Sam. Anybody who cares about cameras, even my wife who knows nothing about them, I was spouting off all this stuff I was learning about this camera. I was pumped about it. I was pumped. So I ordered this thing. I bought it through Facebook Marketplace. I ended up paying through uh, uh, PayPal, had my bank account attached to that PayPal. So I was kind of safeguarding myself, so I thought. And I made this purchase, and um, this is right before Christmas uh, or right before the new year. So I made the purchase and he said, Okay, I'm going to send it uh, in the next couple of days. I said, Great. I'd love if you could send it as quick as possible. We wanted to use it for all these worship lives that we were doing. And um, he starts getting a little bit shady on, on, on contacting me back and forth between Facebook Messenger. And I was like, Oh, Lord, please don't let this be a scam. Because I, I do a lot to try and safeguard myself. I try and vet the, the person. I try and make sure the way that I spend my money is not in a way that I can't get it back. Um, and so I contacted him and he finally said, okay, I shipped the item. I shipped it. And uh, he did. And then it ended up in Wilmington, not far from here. In fact, Jeff Smack, he works at that UPS location or in Westchester. Uh, and... In Westchester, it said that they delayed the delivery for seven days later than it was originally supposed to deliver. So I'm contacting the guy. I'm like, hey, what's going on? Why did this shipment get delayed for seven days? It's right here. I could literally drive and go pick it up. But UPS would not release it because the individual changed the delivery date. So I contacted Jeff. I'm like, Jeff, is there anything that you can do? Is there any way that you can just check on this? I'm sure you can't pick it up for me, but can you just check and see if it's there? So he did. He gave me a call on a Wednesday morning, right before we were going to do our Wednesday worship live. And he said, hey, if you send me your driver's license, I can pick it up for you. I said, awesome. Let's do it. So he picks it up for me, brings it to the church. And I I open up this box, this box right here. And it looked exactly like you see it right now. Just. Just totally busted open. Um, It was a mess. So I opened the package, and here's what I bring out. It's a beautiful salt rock. The exact same pounds and weight that this camera was. And you can imagine my devastation at the sight of a salt rock instead of a black magic 6K video camera. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm done. There's, there's no way I'm gonna get my money back in this. So I pursued contacting PayPal and uh, submitted a claim. A couple days later, I heard back from him your claim has been denied. And uh, if you know PayPal, they're, they're pretty big. Uh, very hard to get a hold of their customer service. So, uh, when you're a little man to them, it doesn't matter. They deny you and you're done. Um, thankfully, I called my bank and uh, I let each of them know I was talking to the other. And uh, a couple of days later, I got an email from PayPal again. They said, Hey, we were just contacted by your bank and they requested that we send your money back into your bank account. And in an instant, the money was back in my account. And I can't tell you the joy that was in my spirit. I'm telling you, I went down my phone list of all my favorites. I was calling everybody. I didn't care who they were. I didn't care if I hadn't talked to them in 20 years. I said, dude, guess what? I got my money back. And they're like, that's great. What Where'd you get your money back for? So I told them the story. Uh, But it's a little thing. It's trivial to some. But it meant the world to me that my father would care enough to use my bank to get my money back from PayPal from this crook who stole it from me. And here's the cool thing. Here's the kicker. Because this guy was new in Facebook Marketplace, they were holding his funds from delivery because he hadn't established any credit with them. And so PayPal was not the one who had to eat the money on that. It's this crook who tried to steal my money and send me a salt rock. And guess who won in this deal? I got me a great looking salt rock. (laughs) Our God is faithful. Our God is faithful. My money back and a salt rock. If you're taking notes this morning, I'm gonna move through these quickly. Like I said before, number one, feast on his faithfulness. It's always helpful to remind ourselves what God has done for us or what we've seen him do in others. In Psalm 37, three, it says, keep trusting in the Lord and do what is right in his eyes. Fix your heart on the promises of God and you will be secure, feasting on his faithfulness. Remember that what you feast on, what you feed on is what is going to come out of you. So if you're spending your time if we're spending our time perusing Facebook and looking for conversations to jump in on and and pick a fight, state our opinion, let me just say this, let me just say this. When it comes to social media, you will never change someone's mind by arguing on their Facebook feed, on their Instagram feed. You won't change their mind. In fact, what you'll do is you'll begin to deter people away from you because you're starting an argument. They don't wanna have an argument with you. If they're gonna share their opinion, they don't wanna sit there and fight it out. Here's the crazy thing. If you sat down face-to-face with this individual and had a cup of coffee, you probably would never talk to them the way that you are on social media because you got something to hide behind. You're wearing a mask. And it's scientifically proven that these doctors We'll, we'll take these conversations. They'll grab the individual, sit them down in a room, and they'll begin to find common ground much quicker than they will on this, this topic that's beginning to divide them. And this divide is becoming greater and greater in society. And I believe I would attribute it to partly social media and what we're allowing it to do to us because it's controlling us. Social media is beginning to take over. And the only social media that we need is the, is the interaction that we have with our father. When the word of God becomes more important than figuring out who's got uh, something something that you can jump in on the conversation on, on on social media, when that becomes your priority, your life will begin to change. And guess what? You're going to affect people by your love because you're becoming like the Father. It says they'll know who you are. They'll know we're Christians by our love, just like Brett was talking about this morning. Choose to love someone. It's not gonna do anything for you when you're feasting on an Instagram feed. I can tell you one thing. I would much rather feast on his faithfulness than feed on your Instagram feed. That's my heart is to feast on the faithfulness of God. And when we begin to do that, we're gonna gonna begin to see lives being changed because what I feed will succeed. Elijah in 1 Kings 18 heard the sound of rain before it even came. And he believed it would be done because of what the Lord spoke to his spirit. And he trusted the Lord. He had been feasting on God's faithfulness, even though it defied the very situation he was in. Even though it defied what he saw, he knew what the Lord spoke to him because he had been feasting on his faithfulness. And when God speaks a word, he doesn't speak to our flesh. He speaks to our spirit and what God speaks in your spirit has to outweigh what you feel in your flesh because faith is not a feeling. It's not an emotional high. Faith is trusting that God is going to do what he said he would do. So feast on his faithfulness. Number two, Ashley talked about this this morning. Rest in his faithfulness. Rest in his faithfulness. It's like a big Thanksgiving meal or a or, or Christmas meal, or Sunday afternoon. I don't know what kind of lunches you do. I grew up where my mom would, would stick a roast and potatoes and carrots in the crock pot, and every Sunday we'd come home and we would feast <laughs> on roast. And every time, if you filled up on that roast, what's the first thing you wanna go do afterwards? You wanna go lay down take a big old long nap. And this is it. When you feast on his faithfulness, you can rest in his faithfulness, in Psalm 119.90, your faithfulness continues through all generations. We can rest in that. In 1 Kings 8.56, blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. Not one word has failed of all his good promise, which he promised through Moses his servant. Not one word has failed. So if God calls you to something, if he calls you to something, he'll see you through it. If he calls you to it, he'll see you through it. Allie and I have seen his faithfulness over and over throughout the. Year. This is just a small story. We've seen his faithfulness over and over. I wasn't going to share this, but I'll never forget the day that we found out that Anchor officially had Down syndrome. We knew something was wrong. Uh, the doctors didn't even know it was wrong. They knew he had low tone. They knew there was something going on. We went to multiple doctors' visits. Finally, we got his blood work done. This is after three months, and uh, he had a really hard time feeding because uh, he couldn't he, his suction wasn 't strong enough because of his low tone, so he would spill everywhere. Honestly, it was quite a nightmare feeding anchor <laughs> it was it was a real struggle, but God is faithful and I remember uh, when we found out we were on our way to a vacation, a little mini getaway up in uh, uh, in New York, upstate New York, Warrington, if you've ever heard of it. We stayed in this little cabin by a river and and on the way there, we stopped at this rest area and Allie went inside to get Burger King. If you know Allie, that's just what she does, Burger King, McDonald's, and she's still beautiful, inside and out. (laughs) Can't stand McDonald's, but hey, I love her. Um, So she goes in to get some Burger King, and she comes out, I, I see her coming out. I'm waiting like right outside the area. She's, she's walking out the door. She's on the phone and she, she's bawling. Instantly, I knew, I knew, I just knew. I knew what it was. So she gets in the car and I mean, we're, we're working through this. We're dealing with the raw emotion in that moment because you don't, you don't know how you're gonna handle something like that. You don't ever know until you're in this situation how you're gonna handle news like that. And I'm telling you, it was the hardest news that we'd ever received in our lives. But I'll tell you this. We went to sleep that night and we said, God, we need you. We need your peace. We need your faithfulness. And I know you've done it before. And I know you'll do it again. It was simple as that. It was a prayer very much the same as those words. We woke up the next morning and I can't express to you how the peace covered us. There was not an ounce of of turmoil or, or questioning. There was nothing. All I can tell you was like a big blanket that rested over us. And we said, we know God is on our side. We know he'll help us through. If he called us to it, he'll see us through it. And we trusted in him. I could tell you story after story, but I want you to hear from two of our very own missionaries. You just heard from Brett um, and, and you saw Tim this morning on the keys. If you guys would come up and join me, I want you to hear from them about God's faithfulness. Yeah, give it up for them. I just I just met Brett for the first time in person today. I called him on the phone. Uh, I think it was Friday and um, And uh, just asked him if he'd be willing to do that and or come up here and and talk with me. And of course, he graciously said yes. And I'm super appreciative. Tim, also known as Timmy Tutu. We go way back. Love this man right here. He is uh, he's the man. That's our that's a little inside joke for us. Don't call him Timmy Tutu. That's just for me. (laughs) But I love this dude. But. I told you before, I have a heart for missions. I love missions, and I, I believe that, that God has placed a special calling on, on these individuals who are modern-day Isaiahs that, that said, here I am, Lord, send me. And so I want you to hear from them as they have been obedient and stepping into what God has called them to. How have you seen God's faithfulness, and how are you able to rest in that? Can you just share for a couple minutes um, what that
2: is? Here, you can take this. Got it. Thanks, man. Yeah, um, I think my, my thoughts on that uh, is that the part of the problem is you don't see the faithfulness of God until you're in a situation you never possibly want to be in at all, right? That, that's part of the problem, um, and I think what's difficult is that we have to be willing to trust Jesus enough to be in that place. Okay, because, you know, our natural reaction is to just say, God, you know, these are my gifts, these are my abilities, this is what I'm comfortable with, and I'm, I'm gonna just, I'm, I'm working this bubble. This is what I'm doing, I feel good with that. There's no faith in the bubble, because you're just doing what you feel naturally good at, and faith doesn't show up until you're at a place of, like, I'm, I'm beyond myself, I'm beyond my ability, I can't do this without you. That's when faith starts. Yeah right so you have to get to like your story even just saying god you know we're in this position we don't know what to do. this is bigger than we are this is harder than we are so you know seeing the faithfulness of god automatically means i'm where i don't want to be <laughs> you know i'm doing something i don't want i'm do- i'm struggling with something i'm in a place of struggle i'm in a place of fear i'm in a place of worry i'm in a place of frustration right um so i mean for us i mean just just the whole experience of being in cambodia You know, third world country, Um, there's been a lot of different struggles, but I I can say, you know, God has really shown up. God has been faithful. Um, Shared with a pastor last night real quick. um, You know, Cambodia is ranked with World Health Organization, something along the lines of like 182 out of 194 countries like for health care. So like we're pretty down there as far as like what you can do, what you can get, what's available and, you know, just kind of overall care quality. So. My wife is a registered nurse, okay? And you're like, oh, that's great. It's great, but the problem is she knows too much, okay? So we get in a situation um, with Gabriel two different times where he got really sick, okay? Gabriel was uh, a newborn when we went overseas. He was still, still nursing, you know, so he was a little guy. And uh, I remember uh, the one time he got really, really sick. In fact, he got the croup while we were over there, um, which normally you get the croup here in the wintertime, right? You rush the kid outside in the cold air and, you know, the airway opens up You're good. The problem is it's 104 degrees outside, okay? Um, so seeing the faithfulness of God going, okay, God, how? I mean, we, we we're getting worried. His airway was closing. Like he's starting, my wife is analyzing. She's listening to him. Like She's like, Brett, he's pulling. You know, he's pulling. These, these muscles aren't supposed to be pulling. When the muscles start pulling here, you take the kid to the ER. That's what you do, like, what, what do we you know we started praying um, she's like, Brett, you need to go get a, a cool mist humidifier you know we need to get the air conditioner on and then looking back at this, you know we saw two months earlier our landlord had replaced the air conditioner in our bedroom, so we had a brand new air conditioner we turned that thing on, we blasted it as cold as we could get i I start driving around Phnom Penh like a crazy person going to every pharmacy I can get to. It's a cool mist humidifier now we could say I mean we're in Southeast Asia and crazy heat like it's like what are we you're not you're never going to find that i'm going rebecca these don't exist you know um i went to like four different places can't find it she's calling me she's going brett come home we have to take him to the hospital that's not a good thing where i'm not going to share experiences we've had at the hospital but you don't want to take him to the hospital so um stopped at this last little place um uh, actually the grocery store, because I'm thinking, just in my head, I'm going, they have an aisle of the most weird stuff you've ever seen. So I'm just gonna go try this. I'll just stop real quick. I'm driving by, I run in, and they have a bright pink, I Dream of genie lamp-shaped cool mist humidifier. <laughs> and I'm like, God. Like, and I just, I felt it, you know, the Holy Spirit speaking at that moment. Like, the, he's, I'm faithful, you know, I'm I'm here. I grabbed that thing, rushed home. We turned it on. Breck is putting, like, putting some oils in there, some essential oils. We blast it right in Gabriel's face. And by that time, the air conditioner had really kicked in. And like within 15 minutes of that cool mist humidifier, she's like, like Brett, his airways opened. Like, so it was like just one of these you could just feel God going. But let me tell you, like, no mama wants to be in a third world country with basically no health care with their infant's airway closing. You don't want to be there at all. But the the thing is, part of the call of what God's asked us to do or what God's asked all of us to do is, you know, and think of it in terms of a poker game, right? Like you got to push all the chips in. Like we're banking everything on his faithfulness. Like if he falls through, we're, we're toast, we're done. Like you have to be willing to do that. And I think so few of us are willing to, and I'm not saying that like, oh yeah, we're these superstars or something. I'm just saying, I've just chosen to say yes to what God's asked us to do. And he's asked everybody to do that. It's just a different context of like, what's that context mean for you? Like push the chips in, you can bank on his faithfulness. He'll show up, but I'm telling you, it's not gonna be until you're at a point where you're going, God, I'm drowning here. If you don't show up, I'm toast, I'm dead. That's when he shows up. And he will. He does. Thank
3: you. Tim, share with us. Yeah, so it's just really cool to be here with Brett, Rebecca. Um, They're our friends. And uh, actually, one of the weirdest things that's ever happened to me was Brett came up to me a few months ago and said, Tim, I think I just need to give you a kiss. And I went please don't, <laughs> and I said, why would you say that, and he said, well, man, you, you gave me a contact, and that person's helped me out so much, so Brett and I have kind of had these weird interactions over the past few months, but it's great to see them here today, um, you said it was over our tax preparer, and if, amen, and if Fred, if you're watching online, we love you, so something you said earlier was really, um, you know, I, I was like, yes, And I never thought I'd understand it until we actually got onto the mission field. Um, We're just people. We're just normal people. And my whole life, I looked at missionaries, um, even like Pastor Greg's brother. That guy's a legend. I was just talking to Isaiah in the back. I'm like, when I think about Doug Hollis, I think about episode eight of Star Wars. And you know, Luke Skywalker's on that island at the very end, right? And he's standing there and he turns around and you're like, that's where that guy's been. And he's like, he's like a sage legend of, of the mission field. And then I look at myself and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here. Jar Jar Binks is probably a good analogy. <laughs> Me so no not want to go overseas. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Amen. That's, that's it now. No. Landon, Landon asked me, you know, and, and Brett to share how God's been faithful since we've gotten on the field. And so I'm actually going to steal something that Kelly said, because as Pastor Greg mentioned, and as Isaiah and Billy also confirmed, our wives are way better than we are. And so when I was younger, um, I just kind of thought like, Lord, what do you want to do with my life? I don't know what, I, what I'm going to do after I graduate and get married because I'm ordinary, and I just, I, I can't really go overseas. I can't figure out Buddhism. I can't figure out Islam. I can't figure out third world medical things. And I had a friend who preached a sermon one time. And he, it really helped me remember that when I'm looking at what the Lord has prepared before me, that next thing he wants you to do, whatever it is, you know, we've been saying that all day today. And the Holy Spirit saying something because each of us are saying it. So the next time God puts something in front of me and it's standing here, you know, I'm, I'm standing in front of it. I literally just have to step into it. It's, you know, don't don't wait for it and, and contemplate in my old self like, oh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to address the situation? That's how I operate. I make a plan. I make a diagram. I draw a picture. I look at my bank account. I do everything. Or I could just step into the Holy Spirit and say, yes, Lord, make me new. I no longer have to be what I think I am. I am who you say I am. And now now I can do whatever you want me to do because I'm not doing it anyway. I'm letting you do it through me. And so the faithfulness of God isn't just on the mission field for me and Brett. It's whenever we decide, Lord, I'm gonna step out of what I think is ordinary and into what you think is extraordinary because your Holy Spirit lives inside of me, and goes before me, goes behind me, and he does things I can't do anyway. So we've had so many weird medical problems. Like, when you're telling that story, I'm like, yeah, and I try not to tell too many because my parents come to church here. <laughs> We're safe and healthy, but I, I get it. It's, it's weird. It's, you don't know what you're doing. There, there is no clear you know pharmacy. There's, there's nothing going on, but all I can encourage you today is that I kept a list And I started writing down these weird things that happened. And I'm stealing what Kelly said. And this is what she said to me. Because she probably didn't have an issue the whole time. It was just me figuring out. Check. Kelly looked at me and she said. Every time I stand before what the Lord has for me. Or every time I go outside or every time I meet with somebody, I pray in the spirit. I pray in the spirit because I have to. I pray in the spirit because I want him to lead me. I pray in the spirit because I want to take that step. I pray in the spirit. And then I started looking at this list that I had made. and Everything that the devil tried to put against us didn't work. That didn't work, that didn't work, that didn't work, that didn't work. So now, it doesn't matter if I think I can do it or not, because it's not going to work. What he has planned against me is not going to work, but what God has planned is going to work, because he's faithful. He's not going to stop. He can't stop, and he won't stop.
0: Come on, let's give it up for these guys. Thank you so much. God is faithful. So the first one, feast on his faithfulness. Number two, rest in his faithfulness. And number three, that's what these guys are doing in Cambodia and Indonesia, report his faithfulness. Second Corinthians 120 says, for all the promises of God in him are yes and in him. Amen to the glory of God through us. Psalm 34, 1 to 3, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. We were encouraging our souls this morning. Come on, soul. Don't get shy on me. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Philippians 1, 6 God is the one who began this good work in you, and I am certain that he won't stop before it is complete on the day that Jesus Christ returns. He won't stop. And I'm going to report his faithfulness. I'm going to tell my soul when it gets tired or when it gets shy. I'm telling you, I was the shyest kid in the world. I would hide behind my parents' legs because I was nervous to talk to people. I was nervous to face people. If you would have asked me 20 years ago, go, if I would be standing on stage, leading people in worship, talking to them about Jesus uh, in a sermon, I would say, you're crazy. But when, when God calls you to something, he'll see you through it. And you have to begin to, to tell your soul, come on, it's not time to be shy. It's time to tell of the good news of Jesus Christ. It's time to tell the world of his faithfulness, of his love, of his grace, of his mercy. He's got something for you. He's got a plan for you. And I'm not going to stop sharing until my dying day. We serve a king. He is, He's truly indescribable. There's a story of a young man named Armand. In the country of Armenia in 1988, Samuel and Danielle sent their young son, Armand, off to school. Samuel squatted before his son and looked him in the eye, have a good day at school and remember, no matter what, I'll always be there for you. They hugged and the boy ran off to school. Hours later, a powerful earthquake rocked the area. In the midst of the pandemonium, Samuel and Danielle tried to discover what happened to their son, but they couldn't get any information. The radio announced that there were thousands of casualties. Samuel then grabbed his coat and headed for the schoolyard. When he reached the area, what he saw brought tears to his eyes. Armand's school was a pile of debris. Other parents were standing around crying. And Samuel found the place where Armand's classroom used to be and began pulling a broken beam off the pile of rubble. He then grabbed a rock and put it to the side and then grabbed another one. One of the parents looked on and asked, what are you doing? Digging for my son, Samuel answered. The man said, you're just going to make things worse. The building is unstable and tried pulling Samuel away from his work. Samuel just kept working. As time wore on, one by one, the other parents left. Then a worker tried to pull Samuel away from the rubble. Samuel looked at him and said, won't you help me? The worker left Samuel and kept digging. All through the night and into the next day, Samuel continued digging. Parents placed flowers and pictures of their children on the ruins, but Samuel kept working. He picked up a beam and pushed it out of the way. And when he he did, he heard a faint cry, help, help. Samuel listened, but didn't hear anything again. Then he heard a muffled voice. Papa. Samuel began to dig furiously. Finally, he could see his son. Come out, son, he said with relief. No, Armand said, let the other kids come out first, because I know you'll get me. Child after child emerged until finally little Armand appeared. Samuel took him in his arms and Armand said, I told the other kids not to worry because you told me that you'd always be there for me. And 14 children were saved that day because one father was faithful. And I can't help but to think of those standing around snickering like the enemy standing there saying, this is it for you. No one's coming for you. Your life is over. No one cares about you anymore. You're buried underneath rubble. You've been forgotten. You might as well give up now. And then I picture God standing in the midst of my mess of a life and saying, I won't stop digging for you. I won't give up on you. Because I've got a plan for you and I've called you. I've made you a promise and I can't go back on my word. You are my child and I am your faithful father. You may be giving up, but I never will. You may have uh, been through what you thought was gonna end up with a a salt rock, but I've got something for you. I got something coming for you that will far exceed your expectations because I am your faithful father. He's a faithful God and he's not gonna stop. He won't stop pursuing you. He won't stop loving you. He won't stop being faithful to you because that's who he is. And that's just one of many things that our father is. Just one of many things. Thanks for listening to the Powerplace Audio Podcast. For more resources or to watch the service online, visit us at www.thepowerplace.org.